It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, it's Neil Saavedra. You're listening to KFI AM640, The Fork Report, on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, everybody. It's The Fork Report, all things food, beverage, and beyond. Happy Father's Day weekend to you. I am your well-fed host, Neil Saavedra. How do you do? All right. So I wanted to talk about, of course, a technique. We do Technique of the Week every single show, starting at two. The first two segments are talking about cooking techniques or something related therein. And there was two things that I thought would be fun to get into. One, the perfect vinaigrette, how to do them off the top of your head and keep it simple. And then second, how to deglaze a pan and make a simple pan sauce. Because I think both of those things go great for the summer. You can go ahead and make a vinaigrette for a salad, a wonderful summer salad, or if you're going to be cooking and doing some protein or uh, wanting to make a pan sauce for something, I think this works out very well. Two things that you'll need for a tasty meal. So let's start with the vinaigrette, shall we? Vinaigrette is just a vinegar dressing. The thing to remember, and we've talked about this a little bit in the past, where we've talked about ratios. Ratios are, ratios are understanding how any recipe comes together or any baking recipe comes together. Any of these things are usually based on basic ratios. One of the things that come to mind that you know exactly is built on ratios is the pound cake. The original pound cake was one pound of butter, one pound of sugar, one pound of flour, basically, roughly. And then it's broken down for different things that you would add. But that is why it was called a pound cake. And when it comes to making anything in the kitchen, whether it's a cookie, a cake, or in this case, a vinaigrette, there is a ratio, a basic ratio that you start with and when you see these cooking shows or they're competing on them and all of a sudden they're baking a cookie, well, it's because they know the basic ratios of what a cookie should be built upon, whether it's the fat, the, the structure, whether it's flour, and how much sugar, building that up and then making building flavors in there. What kind of sugar is a brown sugar? So in a vinaigrette, it's very simple. It is three to one, three parts oil to one part vinegar. Now, the vinegar, it, it doesn't have to be vinegar. It could be something acidic. It could be citrus, for one. So when you're building it, just understand that the parts are going to be three to one, and you can play with it all you want. So basically, it's heavy on the oil. So as long as you know that, anything can happen. And if you want it to lean a little heavier on the tartness or the vinegary flavor, that's going to be a personal choice and you can wiggle that out as you prefer. 
The best way to taste the flavor, by the way, of a vinaigrette to see if it's hit the balance or it's seasoned properly is simply take a piece of lettuce, dip it in the vinaigrette, uh, shake it off, any of the excess there, and then take a bite. And that's going to give you an idea how it's going to play onto the salad. And then you can break down whatever you want. There are so many types of vinegars out there that you can have a ton of fun with it. You know, our good friends out there in Claremont at Vomfoss in Claremont, they have some of the most magnificent vinegars. You could go there and get so many wonderful vinegars, so many wonderful oils, and you will know how to make your own vinaigrettes that will blow people away all the time. So balsamic vinaigrette, uh, sherry or raspberry, you could do cider vinegar, whatever it is, you can go sweet, tart, dark, light. All of these things are going to ask a little something of the, a little something different of the vinaigrette. So that tasting is going to bring that out. Rice vinegar, there's just so many different things. Juices as well are going to play a part, as I said, whether it's lemon or limes. These things are going to act in conjunction with the oil. Now, in some cases, when you're building something with oil in it and another liquid, you're going to do something called an emulsion. So an emulsion is the one that comes to mind that you're going to come across the most is going to be mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is an emulsion. An aioli, it's basically a fancy mayonnaise. It's an emulsion. That means that it's mixed in such a way that the the fat suspends itself or the liquid suspends itself in the fat in these little tiny, tiny little dots that are in these little bubbles that are in there. With a vinaigrette, really what you're dealing with with the vinaigrette is a very temporary emulsion. So by shaking it up, and you've seen these, when you bring them home, a vinaigrette home, you will see that it has separated when it sits. The oil comes to the top and all the vinegar or any of the heavier ingredients are going to go to the bottom and you have to shake it up. When you shake it up, you're going to see those tiny little bubbles in there as they emulsify for a limited amount of time. And then you put that onto your salad as a dressing and it becomes a wonderful thing. And then it will separate and you're going to have to mix it up. But as far as seasoning, it's really sky's the limit. Kosher salt, uh, of course, minced garlic or onions, shallots are great, different herbs, black pepper, paprika, whatever it is that you want to put into it, you can add as well. A little bit of heat is nice too. So you can add a little bit of that heat. Uh, honey will also, if you put a little honey in there, will add to the whole uh, emulsification because it's it's more viscous and it will keep it from separating too quickly. And then you want to mix them together. Now, the best way to combine the oil and vinegar is a blender. That's what it comes down to. It's so rapid and high speed that it's going to make that emulsification happen more quickly. 
So you can combine everything into a glass or stainless steel bowl and uh, just don't use an aluminum bowl because remember, whenever you're using any sort of acid, you don't want to use aluminum. It'll start to pit it. It'll start to pull some of that metallic-y taste out of there as well. It's no good. And uh, you can even just put them in a jar and then shake them up to combine. But best results, put all of them uh, room temperature and uh, cooler oil. And you go ahead and you mix them up and they come together. Put it on to your salad and then ultimately you can uh, put it back in the fridge, shake it up when you need it. But um, it's just a, a wonderful thing. I mean, the first time I saw... Uh, uh, a home chef kind of putting these things together so quickly I was gobsmacked but it's something you can do so think about that when we come back we'll talk about deglazing a pan taking off what they call the fond and making use of that and what that is and why you see chefs do this all the time really basic simple stuff on technique of the week for Father's Day weekend so stick around you're listening to the fork report with Neil Saavedra on demand from KFI AM 640 hey everybody happy Father's Day weekend happy Saturday to you it is the fork report we simply celebrate food every Saturday for three hours right here on KFI. I am your well-fed host, Neil Saavedra. How do you do? Tipping my hat to all you fellow dads out there and moms that play both roles. I know that there are some of you as well, and you fall into that, that grand category of taking care of everything. So I hope you're going to enjoy your weekend. We always start the program with Technique of the Week. So the first two segments, we do that. Before we get back into that and creating a pan sauce, I want to remind you that you've got Tawala Sharp with SoCal Saturdays coming up right after this program at 5. And then Steve Gregory with Unsolved will be coming up at 7. So go nowhere. All right, a pan sauce. First, got to start with a pan or a pot, whatever you've been cooking in. If it's a pan, you're probably sauteing. Sometimes in bigger pots, you might be browning meat. If you're doing that, of course, that's gonna give you what you want as well. That gives you the fond, not the fonds, like a hey, the fond. This sticks to the pan. It's flavor from the meat and other ingredients that you have in there. And what you want to do is utilize all that flavor you just created. You don't want to get rid of that because it's delicious. So if you're doing chicken, if you're doing pork, steak, whatever it might be, you can simply do a pan sauce basically in the time that you're letting the meat rest anyway. So you've got the time to kind of kick it up a notch. And this is really a wonderful thing. So after you've done the cooking of the meat, the browning of the meat. You've got that stuff stuck to the bottom. Anything that's burnt, where you can tell it is actually burnt, you want to pull that out. Just scrape that off. Get rid of the vast majority of any oil that's in there. And then you want to go ahead, and if you're going to add any certain ingredients, like uh, you might want to oil, uh, add, uh, not oil, sorry. You want to add some chopped shallots to the pan, saute over medium heat. They're going to start getting translucent on you. And then you want to add the liquid. Don't bother with water 
because water's not going to add flavor. You want a wine, you want a stock, you want something that's going to bring flavor to it. And then you're going to put it over very low heat, let it simmer, and you want it to reduce by half. It's going to thicken things up, intensify that flavor, and uh, build your base for this pan sauce. While you're doing that, you want to take a wooden spoon. You can get them with flat edges. That's what you're going to want. And you're going to want to scrape the fond off. That's going to release it from the pan. It's going to float up into the sauce, and it's going to make it delicious. So get all those bits of goodness off of the bottom of the pan with that wooden spoon. You're cooking for about three minutes. Like I said, that should take it to where it reduces by half and uh, gets more concentrated there. Then you take it off the heat. And the cool thing here is you can do all kinds of things with it. You can go in just about any direction you want. That means you could put fresh chopped parsley in there. You can add some, some Dijon mustard if you want, some Worcestershire sauce. Uh, you're going to want to add at least three tablespoons of butter, a tablespoon at a time, by the way. Season to taste with some salt and pepper. And really, you've got yourself a great pan sauce there that you can put over pork or chicken or even beef. And you can change and maybe use a white wine with the chicken and with the pork and use a red wine with the beef or the lamb, but you see what it's doing. You're taking all that flavor that you've built, very similar to when you're building your gravy for the holidays or when you're cooking uh, turkey. It's kind of the same thing. You're putting it together, and in that case, you're going to build a roux, which is going to be your fat and your flour. It's usually butter and flour, but you add that, and then that thickens it even more, and then you add the seasoning to it to uh, build it up and make it even more flavorful. But pretty simple. Both those things, the vinaigrette is, again, three to one ratio, three parts oil to one part vinegar or acid, which can be citrus or um, whatever you want to put in there. And doing a simple pan sauce, you'll see chefs do it all the time. And when you have like a great steak or a great piece of chicken, whatever it is, and you go, wow, that sauce just marries so perfectly it almost like they have the same flavor base well yeah they do they came from the same place they came from that pot or the pan that the original protein was cooked in and then with that process process it ends up bringing out those flavors now with a couple of different profiles from the wine or from some acid or from the shallots or the onions or whatever you end up putting in there and it becomes this whole different flavor base as far as the seasoning but on top of the flavors that you made the original protein with so it kind of just is a magical thing they marry together perfectly and you just can't beat it and you're using everything really you're just taking everything and putting it into that pan and you're not wasting another pan the ingredients are really 
running off of the flavor from the fa- from the fond that came off of that bottom. It's just a, a, a yummy and delicious thing. All right, we've got much more to get into on this Father's Day weekend. It is The Fork Report. I'm Neil Saavedra, KFI AM640. You're listening to The Fork Report with Neil Saavedra, on demand from KFI AM640. Also, don't forget, when you're on that iHeartRadio app, there's a follow button. Just hit that button so you follow us, and then we can send you breaking news from KFI and when there's special guests on that you're going to want to know about. So please do that. It is the Fork Report. What do we do here? Pretty simple, really. We celebrate food every Saturday for three hours. We celebrate the people that make it, the cultures behind it, making things at home, cooking at home, also going out to eat, learning how to prep for parties. I mean, summer's coming. You're going to be out by the pool, hopefully. Anyways, it's all things food. I am your well-fed host, Neil Saavedra. How do you do? Happy Father's Day weekend to you all. One of the things that I absolutely love is sandwiches. They're just the greatest things. You put in a protein or you put a bunch of veggies, whatever, grilled veggies are wonderful, whatever it is, but you stack them, you put some sauce or condiment on it and then you get really nice bread of your choosing maybe a little crunching on the outside a little doughy on the inside whatever it is they're just magical but with that comes cold cuts often cold cuts are the meats the deli meats that you put in there and picking the right one is important because a lot of people just think okay cold cuts they're a problem and they can be because they can be high in things like salt So when you're deciding to make whatever you're making, a hoagie, a grinder, a sub, a hero, a spucky, don't get me started, any of these things, you want to start with those good meats. You got your deli meats, you got your cheese, your veggies, you know, those condiments. Now, most people, believe it or not, from the statistics show that turkey is right at the top. It's the most popular deli meat in the U.S., and that's basically based on bulk meat sales. Second is ham, and ham and turkey actually is one of my favorites, so the combination. So it's delicious. Dietitians, though, aren't always thrilled, so the best way you can get the freshest, lowest sodium or any preservatives or anything like that is get it freshly sliced at the deli counter. It's gonna have fewer ingredients in there, and one of the other things, it's going to have less salt in there because they know they're going to be moving it. They're going to be moving it. People are going to be wanting it, and they're not going to worry that it's going to be sitting in plastic somewhere on a shelf. So that is the first thing to start. Start with getting it fresh cut. If you can choose organic, they say that's even better. You get like Applegate turkey, minimal added ingredients, minimal preservatives, and considered to be the most, uh, the more healthful choice. But there are some cuts that are better than others. Turkey, chicken, or roast beef, which is some of my favorite, by the way, is going to be better for you. Salami, bologna, pepperoni, pastrami, they have so much sodium in there, and they usually are far more processed than your turkey. So keep that in mind. Turkey, chicken, or roast beef. I love all of those. Roast beef is one of my favorites. And you know what? With roast beef, I can go so simple. Like a nice toasty roll with a good crunch on the outside, but a nice bready inside with just mayo. I don't even need cheese. Just mayo. 
probably a root beer. That's I think that was my jam back in my uh, art days when I was designing for a living, uh, textiles and that type of thing. I just remember just going around the corner and there was this deli that made the the best bread and it just oh, all right taking me back. I'm I'm back. So turkey, chicken, roast beef, much better than salami, bologna, pepperoni, pastrami. You know all that. But if you have things like pastrami or bologna, um, the, another thing that goes with it is mixed meat sources. So you have different things in there, saturated fats, more processed meats, and all those additives, which is bad for the colon and is the main concern is colon cancer at that point. So head to that deli counter that deli sliced meat is going to be the best it is lower in sodium and less than one and a half percent of salt sugar and sodium phosphate these are the things you're looking for check the ingredients and know what you're getting look for nitrate free nitrate free is important because that label on your prepackaged meats it's going to be important there's naturally occurring nitrates they're in meats and other foods but when they're added as a pre preservative it's different that's when they have been found to and to link with things like increased cancer risk so nitrates no good you also don't want to have a bunch of artificial colors and stuff like that. So is deli meat bad for you ultimately? No, it's not bad for you. I'm not a doctor or a nutrition or anything like that, but it's an important source of protein. Also consume pre-packaged deli meat in moderation. They've got preservatives, those flavors and high sodium and coloring that ends up making it more of a problem, but just the meat alone. No, you just don't want it to be highly processed that like the salamis. When it comes to sodium, there are low-sodium deli meats, and those are going to be better for your blood pressure, limit the intake of these higher-sodium meats, and look for things like grilled chicken, and those types of deli meats end up being a much better choice. There are times, by the way, that your doctor may tell you not to take them and listen to your doctor, not to me on that. Some of it has to do with the possibility of listeria, high-risk people with issues. Even I am told not to eat a lot of deli meats because I have a kidney transplant. You got to be aware of those things, people touching them, how they do it. I know pregnant women are told the same thing. And ultimately, even adults over 65, if you have a weakened immune system, because deli meats are, are known sources for some of the, this bacteria and stuff. So keep all that stuff in mind. However, nothing like a great sandwich. So keep those tips in your mind so you can cut some of the edge off any concerns. All right, it is The Fork Report. I'm Neil Saavedra, KFI AM640. You're listening to The Fork Report with Neil Saavedra, on demand from KFI AM640. Hey, everybody, it's The Fork Report. All things food, beverage, and beyond. I am your well-fed host, Neil Saavedra. How do you do? Happy to be with you this Father's Day weekend. Happy Father's Day to all of you that are fathers and many of you mothers that play the dual roles out there and any mix therein. Raising a child has been the most amazing thing to me. Little Max is six years old, going on seven before the end of the year, and I can't tell you how 
uh, you know, it's all goofy. All of it sounds goofy. How honored I am to be his dad. I tell him that sometimes, and he looks at me funny. But you know what I mean. There's just something very cool about it. So as you celebrate this weekend, just make sure you're spending time with each other. Get those cuddles in and get some loving in and having a wonderful weekend. One of the things you might not be having in your wonderful weekend as far as if you're doing a picnic or going out somewhere is you won't be having what some refer to as the best Pringles flavor ever. And that was their jalapeno flavor. And they are getting rid of it. So they're discontinuing it. And it, a lot of fans really liked it. It had a score of 4.1 stars out of 5. But you got to imagine that there's something maybe, even though people love it, they're not eating it as much. And so that's why they discontinue things. It just happens. There's Pop-Tarts that come and go. There's different flavors of Oreos that come and go. The interesting thing is, just a week or so after that was announced, you have a new story coming out that Pringles is offering just a little new twist on its classic potato chips uh, or potato-based based crisps. You can't even legally call them potato chips, strangely enough. And they are introducing new Pringles Harvest Blends. It's a new collection, and it features two new star ingredients, multigrain and sweet potato. I do like me some sweet potato. Actually, pound for pound, one of the most nutritious produce you can uh, consume. So they're representing the brand's first new permanent lineup since introducing the Scorchin line in 2020. Pringles Harvest Blends will debut in four flavor varieties. Pringles Harvest Blends Multigrain Farmhouse Cheddar. So it has a multigrain infused base, black bean and toasted sweet grains blends, creamy aged cheddar, and a hint of salt. Just a hint, huh? Pringles Harvest Blends Multigrain Homestyle Ranch. And it's going to have a sweet taste, a little bit of a texture, toasted grains, black bean, delivers an extra bold crunch to the multigrain infused base, elevated with classic tasty taste of creamy, zesty ranch. And then they have the Pringles Harvest Blend Sweet Potato Sea Salt, Pringles Harvest Blend Sweet Potato Smoky Barbecue. And, you know, I'm all for new flavors and trying things out. I will tell you the, the best always come to the top. It's the ones we've been consuming forever. But the harvest blends and things like that for like snack foods always make me think if you're going to consume snacks, there may be some that are better for you like granola. And that's just what it is. Granola is tasty and it's on its own right. But when you try and make something inherently, in this case, a crisp, a potato crisp, or a potato chip or something like that more healthful. I mean, I like the baked ones. Baked Lay's I think are very tasty, but you're really not going to get away with it in the same. You know, people that are going to that want a snack want a snack. If I eat something that I think is slightly better for me, I'm just going to eat more of it cuz you're compensating and I and I don't think I'm alone on that. 
So I, I always think those things that try and like now made with whole grain, whole grain cookies. Eh, I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in. Right. Aren't we all? Speaking of discontinued items, Trader Joe's explains why it discontinues items more often than other grocery stores. And there's a couple factors here, right? If you were a big fan of the feta salad dressing or the chocolate-filled JoJo's on the shelf, you might have taken an extra bottle or a box. But the disappointment of a discontinued item at Trader Joe's often takes you by surprise, right? Because all of a sudden it's no longer there and you ask and you can't find it. And they have their frozen meals and their snacks and a lot of things that people love at Trader Joe's. But the number one reason items are discontinued, the company explained, that it's just low sales volume. That's just why it happens. And it happens at other stores as well. The reason why it seems to happen more at Trader Joe's is because their stores, the Trader Joe's stores, you know this, are smaller than other stores. It's part of their charm. It's part of what they do. And they just don't have the room to carry everything. And they often want to try new things, bring things new to you. Also, there's no way of what they call slotting fees, I think. Gro some grocery chains, you can pay to keep their item on a shelf, even if it's not selling well. So they gamble with the thought, okay, if I just keep it up here long enough, somebody's going to see it and somebody's going to say, oh, okay. Well, I haven't tried that. Let me give it a, a try. But Trader Joe's doesn't do slotting fees. So they only have so much room. When they bring something new in, they've got to take something else out. And that's just the way it works. Funny enough, I get asked a lot about Trader Joe's and their parking situation, which is crapola, no matter where you go. And that, again, ties into the size of the store. The store will get a certain amount of parking spaces based on the size of the store, the square footage. So they want small stores. They buy small store. They buy small stores or small buildings where they're going to put the store. And therefore, they're going to get a very small amount of parking spaces. So another part of the charm, I suppose, is trying to, one, not, you got to find a parking space, right? And then not get into an accident or a fender bender in there. Anywho, that's the way it works. All right, stick around. More to come on this Father's Day weekend. It is the Fork Report. I'm Neil Savedra. This is KFI and KOST HD2 Los Angeles, Orange County. You've been listening to the Fork Report. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 2 to 5 p.m. on Saturday, and anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.